Hello ninjas and ninjas, welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, I'm best-selling digital marketing author. And this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. In this episode, I'm very happy to be joined by Liam Martin. Liam is the co-founder of timedoctorandstaff.com. And it also turns out he's a bit of an SEO beast as well. So in this show, we dive into Time Doctor and staff, their SEO strategies and what Liam has done and his team has done to uh, get the site ranked for number one for phrases like virtual assistant, which actually, if you think about it, it's pretty insane because they don't actually sell virtual assistant services. So to get ranked for a phrase like that is, is pretty amazing. So he takes us behind the scenes of this approach. He's got quite a strange, I don't want to say strange, that's a bit harsh. He's got quite a unique approach to SEO where they're not actually tracking things like conversions. His KPIs for his SEO team is just traffic and then they retarget people later on so it's kind of brand building approach to seo which you don't find too often but it's clearly working for them because they are huge um so i really hope you enjoyed this show with liam don't forget if you want any help with your seo or you want to know what you should be focusing on to improve your own sites ranking then you can request a video review from exposure ninja in this video review one of the marketing team will take a look at your website they'll take a look at your seo your link profile they'll also have a look at things like pay-per-click, social media, and they'll also see what your competitors are doing to generate traffic as well. They'll wrap all of this into a video which they'll send to you which has a plan for the next 6 to 12 months of your digital marketing which you or your marketing team can follow. Uh, service is absolutely killer. Uh, it's had th over 300 five-star reviews on Facebook and it's completely free of charge, which sounds absolutely nuts, I know, but it's completely free of charge and there's no catch. So if you want a free review for your website, then go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request one today. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show with Liam Martin. Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So you are the founder of Time Doctor and Staff.com, is that right? Yes, co-founder. So co-founder. So for those who don't know about these two companies, these two products, um, perhaps you could give a quick intro. Sure. So Time Doctor and Staff.com are basically tools to be able to manage remote employees. So we have a distributed team of approximately 90 plus people located in 28 different countries all over the world. And we build our business um, that way. So I'm actually currently in an airport lounge, as you might be able to see out the window. Uh, JetBlue is queuing up and it is just the way that we build our business. So we have a mission statement and philosophy that workers should be able to work wherever they want, whenever they want, and our technology empowers uh, that movement. Awesome. And at Exposure Ninja, we also have a remote team, 100% remote team, 90 plus. So we are 100% with you. This is certainly the future of work. So maybe you could give us a sense of the scale of the businesses and and like, you might not be able to give specific user numbers, but just so we, we get a sense of, you know, what are your main KPIs that you track and, and how can listeners understand how big this thing is? Sure. So we measure actually uh, our main KPI is the amount of hours that are tracked inside of our company. And that's the core thing that we track regardless of how much money we make and all that kind of stuff. And actually, we want to best 
definitions of growth that we can define. Uh, outside of that, we have uh, 6,000 companies. We have hundreds of thousands of users all over the world that, uh, that trust us to be able to measure the productivity of the remote teams every day. Awesome. And you've been going since 2012, is that right? Or it seemed like in some rush, it looks like the graphs start to go up in 2012. Yeah. So we opened our doors in 2012 and it opened up as like a, a paid product. We had a little free beta beforehand, but um, we actually like started to do things in 2012. So talking about the positioning of the business then, because obviously this kind of remote um, tracking thing has become more and more and more of a thing. You've got things like built into Upwork and then you've got people like Hubstaff. How do you guys position yourselves? How do you differentiate from the market? Well, we are where the, if you want to be able to measure time, we provide that deliverable better than anyone else. So we're the biggest one in that particular market. We actually track more time than Upwork. Uh, so unlike platforms like Upwork, where it's contract-based, what we do is we focus on long-term work relations with our, um, with our employers. <clears throat> so for us, uh, we kind of feel that Upwork is a platform where you could maybe get one or two projects done, but you're fundamentally not actually going to build a long-term working relationship. Whereas for us, we actually just say, hey, we're going to give you all the capabilities of Upwork and a lot more, but it's going to cost you $10 per month as an example to be able to have our technology. And that's really our differentiator is being able to get people on board. We also just fundamentally built the tool for long-term remote work relationships, so not for short-term contracts. And that's been a core theme that's gone through everything that we currently do. We also run one of the, that kind of what has informed that is we run the biggest conference on remote work right now called Running Remote, which we run out in Ubud, Bali. And we just assemble hundreds of people every year that end up talking about everything about building and scaling massive, uh, massive remote teams. So that's kind of when you talk about differentiation, I think it really boils down to what is your mission statement, then mm-hmm. everything else kind of pulls out of that. So we always go back to that main mission statement. And generally, whenever we have a feature or anything like that, we say, okay, will it help people work wherever they want, whenever they want? The answer is no, then we don't do it. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So Talking about moving on to talk about growth then and, and um, how you've managed to get to a scale where you're tracking more time than Upwork is, is, is amazing. So what, what are your top marketing channels? What are the things that are biggest priority for you guys to, to pick up more clients? Sure. So, I mean, that's actually a really interesting discussion. I'd probably say, I was just having this discussion yesterday with a couple other SaaS businesses. I'd probably say in terms of return on investment, SEO is the best long-term return on investment over the last 10 years of me just being in the marketing game. Um, You run a Facebook ad, you'll get immediate conversions right in and and there. However, one month, you might not have the cash for Facebook and that's it. You're you're done. Uh, Whereas SEO provides a dividend. Social media, you know, you're building on all these social media platforms, but fundamentally, I mean, anyone that invested hard in Snapchat four years ago, (laughs) that looked like that was going to be a winner. And now you are, I mean, that funnel is empty. Mm. So, or if you become very popular, like we built a massive Facebook group uh, inside of Facebook. And then all of it, this is before you had to pay for access to your community and you could get organic reach. So we have, I think we have like 250,000 people on our Facebook group and we could message them 
and maybe 20 to 30 percent of that group would actually end up getting the message. Now, with inorganic reach, it's maybe one percent. So all of a sudden, that's that's over. Uh, whereas with SEO, it's really remained the same. It hasn't been the sexiest uh, marketing funnel for us, but it is the one that actually produces long-term dividends way into the future. Okay, cool. That's that's good to know. Obviously, we're well known for SEO, so it's, it, I, I love that phrase. SEO pays a dividend as well. I like that. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. So on your site, you've got. I'm just looking at the Time Doctor site now. You've got a product blog, um, and you've got a another blog which is all about teams, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. How much of a how much of a, a focus on your SEO is is put into on-site content versus building visibility, building awareness, and going out to get links? So we actually have a, a pretty built-up process. Uh, every time a blog post goes out, we have a linker that's committed to that blog post for a month. And then we also have a researcher. So the researcher is going to go out and collect, let's say, minimum 500, realistically 1,000 email addresses that we can contact that connect contextually to that blog post. And then our linker goes through and actually reaches out to them. And it's usually like, if we're talking about collecting serious links, you know, a DA 60 plus, that's probably a seven to eight email exchange that we have to work on to be able to get that link. Um, We kind of see linkers as salespeople. So we run it exactly the same way as a sales team. And uh, we have, we have KPIs that are associated with, with that for the team members so that we know exactly what direction we're going. That's hardcore. I love, I love that. Um, so what, what's the, do you mind me asking what the size of your SEO team is? It sounds like a pretty hardcore operation. Yeah, we have about a dozen people right now on the team. And then on top of that, I believe we have four researchers. So we have an SEO manager, we have 10 people on the SEO team, and then we have four researchers that are the ones that feed into those linkers. Mm-hmm. And so moving to talk about the on-site content, then how do you decide what to talk about, what the topics of the blogs are? So I would probably say in reality, uh, on our main blog, it's entirely keyword focused. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I'd love to be able to say that, you know, we, we want to talk about just social push articles. But fundamentally, if you want to build out a really large funnel, um, what we do is we say, OK, like we, we own the keyword virtual assistant. We're number one for that particular keyword. That's a good keyword for us. So if you want a virtual assistant, you want to you want to work with us. Yeah. So we've written the definitive article on how to hire and train a virtual assistant, and then what we in essence do with that traffic is we retarget it. So that virtual assistant term is really interesting. I noticed your visibility for that, and that's, I guess, that's one of the terms where. Uh, post medic update, we'd expect to see a search term like virtual assistant being quite a term that might have commercial intent. So you're outranking sites which actually have virtual assistants and virtual assistant companies. It's quite an impressive feat. Well, I think it's because we're seen as an expert on virtual assistants and we don't have a dog in the fight. So our clients are companies that sell virtual assistants. Uh, and so what we do is we just say, let's build the definitive article on that because we actually have a very unique place where they're all our clients. So we actually know a lot more than any one single virtual assistant company would know. And then by doing that, um, Google just knows if you want to talk about remote, basically outsourcing remote teams, we're predisposed towards that. 
which is actually a huge advantage. It takes a couple of years to actually build that type of yeah. authority out. But once you do do it, like I could build an article on any type of remote tool um, and I would probably rank for it if that company is focused on that niche just because we're predisposed as an authority site in that niche. Mm. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. So you, your strategy then isn't to convert someone who's looking for a virtual assistant into a customer there and then. You're just looking pixel them and then you're going to retarget them over time knowing that they're already in the hunt for a virtual assistant so at some point they're probably going to want a tool to monitor that person is that right yeah so our philosophy is there are people that know about your solution and are ready to buy your solution right those are the easy ones that you just they jump into your boat you bonk them on the head and, and that's it uh, and then on the completely other side of the spectrum there are people that know that they have a problem but they don't know about our solution so that's where we'll get terms like virtual assistant or uh, how to build a remote team or all of these types of terms that we will then take, we'll pixel them, and then we'll, pro we'll give them a onboarding campaign. So we'll actually treat retargeting ads much like an email campaign would be sent out. Uh, and that ends up getting people back into the funnel. They've consumed four or five pieces of content. We know which pieces of content end up actually producing conversions for us. So that's, that's in essence the way that we do it. Really interesting. So even in your retargeting, your remarketing, retargeting ads, you're not necessarily going for the pitch straight away, download a free trial or something like that. You're just giving them more content then. Yeah, you really, you don't want to be the person that's just like, buy my stuff. That's, that's honestly, it, at least in our experience, it's not going to work. What you need to do is say, hey, the Time Doctor blog is, is great. What do they do again? And then you, that's when you'll end up getting those, those conversions. Uh, we also do other things like our running remote conference, which is even more one step removed from that, which is just building a conference about remote work. And no one knows that we run it. So we've very much disconnected our company brand from that conference. And then that allows us to be able to just talk about the subject of remote work. And it's, it's a long-term play for us. We feel like over-monetizing those types of funnels is um, every, every month or quarter that you can not monetize a funnel, you're going to build more of a feedback loop, in my opinion. So you're, you're building this big, big flywheel with a lot of movement and you're not being so, I mean, you're clearly KPI driven with the, you know, the KPIs that you give your sales team. So how do you, how do you balance this, like powering the flywheel with saying, actually, do you know what this is worth doing and tying everything back to like CPA or something? How, sure. How so that? on that side, we actually have those teams kind of coming head to head. So the sales team, an outbound sales team is very aggressive. They have sales targets that they have to reach. However, for us, like our major, our major KPI for the SEO team is, um, is traffic value. That's it. We don't measure conversions. The, the SEO team does not look at conversions. The SEO team looks at traffic value. So how much traffic value can we get on our site? Uh, that's the only thing that we look at. And also, too, even more specifically, we are very disciplined about them going after the right type of traffic value. So we could rank for something that, you know, maybe is applicable to our community, like building, uh, like we run a SaaS business. We could talk about building SaaS businesses. However, 
that's probably not qualified to our community. So instead we kind of, we don't really write that type of content, even though it's a, it's a big opportunity and we could possibly get a lot of traffic there. It's not related directly to remote teams. We're very disciplined with choosing those particular keywords. And then after that, we end up, uh, just saying, Hey guys, go after the traffic value within the niche of remote work and outsourcing. That's fascinating. Um, I noticed it looks like you do a bit of PPC mostly around branded terms. Is that right? Have you ever tried anything outside of that? Yeah, so we did. And uh, we realized that the ROI is a lot more effective inside of SEO. So, the, And that's not everybody. Um, there are some people that do fantastic on, on pay-per-click and um, outbound pay-per-click in essence. But we've found that getting a whole bunch of pixels. Basically, it's way cheaper to get someone organically that you know is interested, is basically one of your customer avatars. It's way cheaper to acquire that customer through SEO than it is through direct marketing. And uh, we've basically recognized, get them in slowly. You've got them retargeted. You can communicate to them forever. We're actually just pushing out a new feature in the next month and a half, and we're planning an entire retargeting campaign for everyone we've ever pixeled. Nice to bring them back in saying, hey, why don't you, here's a new feature for Time Doctor that you didn't know about before, and we're gonna campaign about them. And those are always really powerful because it's re-engaging people inside of that sequence that we knew are connected to our main customer avatar. Yeah, for sure, that's, that's killer. What about email marketing? How, how important has that been to you? I think there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of people who are focusing on remarketing and retargeting at the moment are doing so because they see that open rates are going right down and, and they're kind of using this as, uh, as a way of getting around that. Has that been your experience too? Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, the reason why open rates are going down is because people are sending bad emails. <laughs> yeah. And I think you should just, again, it's the, it's the argument of, Okay, the first email I get, if it's like, buy my stuff, don't do that. You, so when we send an email, basically, our outcome, our main KPI is, is our open rate remaining the same or even going up? If it went down between two blasts, then we've damaged that community. And that's actually a pretty extreme view. A lot of people would disagree with that. A lot of direct marketers would disagree with that. And it is definitely short, like it's a, it's a long play versus a short play. But, you know, we have a, we have a 60% open rate on our emails wow. that we send out through running remote as an example, our, our big conference that we have. And because we only send them content and we only send them stuff that we really find interesting. So we'll say, Hey, you know what? We found an article. We just sent one out today about a, a video of Matt Mullenweg, who is the CEO of automatic and he had a five minute video about how he built his remote team. We sent that out to everybody and it was like a 76% open rate so far. That's sick, love it. So then if you correlate to that, if you connect to that, then they're gonna open another email and another email. And when you wanna actually get them to buy something from you, it's simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I guess it's like, um, it, it, I suppose it's a bit like Facebook where when you stop when you stop, uh, when someone stops looking at your post and spending time on your post, your visibility in future goes down because the engagement's lower and, and you're kind of looking at everything you do like that, right? You've got this opportunity to talk to someone. And if you damage that in any way, that's a, that's a really serious thing because it has to, you have to put in a lot of effort to get them back. It's attention. You want to keep people's attention. Attention is, I think we live in 
what I call the distraction economy. So there's all of these tools that people spend billions, if not trillions of dollars on to distract you, right? So Facebook is a perfect example of that. People call it digital crack. It really is. There are people, you know, there are people at Facebook that hook you up to, uh, dopamine, oxycodone, no, dopamine, can't remember, it's dose, D-O-S-E, the four major chemicals that, uh, that help with making you feel good. So there's people at Facebook that measure that inside the human body when people are consuming Facebook. And then they're analyzing that data and trying to figure out how can we make people feel better when they're on Facebook. It's digital crack, fundamentally. So how do you control yourself from getting away with that? Well, it's all connected to attention. And if I am the person that gets the most attention, I win. Forget about the money. Long term, I always win. And that's the thing when someone sends out a spammy email and we'll get emails back saying, hey, uh, I've been opening your emails for the past three years and uh, I really didn't like the last email that you sent out and I didn't think that you guys would send out an email like that. That's when we have to pause and say to ourselves, whoa, are we, are we basically being dicks? Like, are we, are we really committing to what we're, 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 uh, we're committed to or are we um, spending a lot of time on, are we basically thinking short term as opposed yeah. to long term? That's the thing I'm getting from you. Everything is very, very much long term. It is building a big flywheel, isn't it? You're not, you're the opposite of, it's kind of like a brand building approach, but using a lot of tools that people typically use for direct marketing. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I personally believe that's probably the future. Um, I think that a lot of direct marketing, and I mean, there's a lot of cases of direct marketing working beautifully, but fundamentally, if people don't like what you're doing and they, they stop paying attention to you, any, any action that you take that gets people to stop paying attention to you is a bad move, even if it makes you a lot of money in the short term. Long term, it will damage what you're doing. Do you think your strategy um, is in some ways, you have to take this long-term approach. You can't be so direct focused because as you said earlier, you're selling something. A lot of your people, they don't really know that your solution exists. It might be the first time they've hired a remote team. This thing about tracking their performance may not have ever occurred to them. So in some ways, you have to play that long game and help them get to that. If you were, say, a locksmith company, this kind of long play would be a lot more challenging. Absolutely. I think if you are locked out of your house, uh, you need a locksmith and it's a pretty direct transaction. However, if I have that person in mind where uh, I also personally feel like giving away everything is generally one of the best ways to be able to build trust with people. So if I was a locksmith, I might just uh, give someone a Facebook ad on like how to open a door without a key. Yeah. Right. And then I actually remember my last trip that I had, I was coming back uh, to my apartment. My checked luggage had been lost, which had my keys in it. And it was five o'clock in the morning. And I think I paid $250 for a locksmith to come in and open up my lock. Um, and if I probably, if I had watched a really interesting Facebook video on someone opening up a lock in my local area, I probably would have called that guy. Like I wouldn't have opened up the lock on my own, but I definitely would have said like, oh, okay, John, I got to talk to John because John's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the so lock any of that doctor kind of stuff. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, exactly. I get that. 
I get that. I yeah. wonder what other anecdotes I can give you, which you'll have a story for. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you've got a flight to catch, so I've got a couple of quick fire questions. Sure. Um, I know the first quick fire question I usually ask is if you could only pick one marketing channel, what would it be? I'm guessing you would say SEO. Yep. <laughs> if you absolutely had to 10x Time Doctor signups in the next year, but you had unlimited marketing budget, what's the first thing that comes to mind you'd do? Um, I would spare no expense on the conference that we're running. Really? So I would just, yeah, I, I think that conference marketing costs a lot to be able to get running, but once it's running, it just builds those relationships that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten anywhere else. And for us, it was probably, uh, the top marketing funnel that we had in 2018. Wow. That's huge. Final question. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice on day one, what would it be? Don't do the, uh, go to paid as quickly as humanly possible. What Don't do wait for, do Let's not see. wait. Do not have a free beta. Yeah. Never have a free beta. Always charge people. Free customers are crap. Free customers never give you any feedback. The moment that you go to paid, even if it's a dollar, they will give you feedback because they will tell you, I'm unsubscribing from your product or I'm going to stop paying you for your product because, and then whatever after the because, listen to it and then iterate from that point. Free users, you can't iterate on it. That's great advice. Lim, thank you so much for your time and expertise. It's been, actually been really, really interesting talking to you. Where can people find out more about you and timedoctor.com? Sure. So if you want to check out a demo of Time Doctor, go to timedoctor.com. If you want to go to our conference, it's runningremote.com, and it's going to be in Bali this year, which is, uh, which is very cool. And if you want to kind of check out me, I think probably YouTube. I recently just started some uh, YouTube channel work stuff, and it's youtube.com slash runningremote. Go check out, check us out there. And actually all of our talks from running remote are there as well. So if you want to consume 20 hours of content from the biggest and best people in remote work, that's the place to do it. Awesome. We'll link that up in the show notes. Liam, thank you so much, dude. Yeah. Thanks. Sir. 